Alright, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow trash talkers. Whatever time you are tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You're listening to Trash Talk with D Bork, and I'm your host, Dave Bork. It is Monday, the 1st of January 2024. Happy, happy new year, everyone. 2023 is behind us, 2023 is behind a lot of NBA teams right now. One team who ended 2023 with a bang was the Detroit Pistons. Well done. Well done. I'll be in our best of the best this week, surely. <laughs> we'll also take out some trash to finish off the 2023 year. We're hitting some question times as well. As always, keep sliding through those DMs at Trash Talk with Dbork on Instagram and TikTok. Hit that subscribe button. Keep feeding me through. We've got a couple of couple of very, very good ones today. One based on a trade that just went down between the Toronto Raptors and the New York Knicks. We'll hit on that a little bit later on. We're also going to run through some New Year's resolutions for a couple of teams as well. Teams that probably need to make some moves and if they will or if they won't and how that will affect them going forward for the rest of the 2024 calendar year. And then we'll find something for tomorrow for uh, for our NBA Tuesday best bets on New Year's Day over in the States. So let's get this thing started with our best of the best for the week and how can we not start with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Whew, they are rolling. 4-0 week for the Thunder, included 124-108 to 108 victory today over the Brooklyn Nets. Our very own Josh Giddy had himself a very, very good night himself. But to recap the rest of their week, 129-106 to 106 victory against the Minnesota Timberwolves, 129-120 to 120 up against the New York Knicks, and then an absolute beatdown in the reigning champion Denver Nuggets building, 119-93. to 93. They are now 22-9 and nine on the season and second in the West. It really isn't crazy to think that this team has themselves... They've got a run in them. They do. You know, they were a playing team last season. I think a lot of people thought that they're still young. It's going to take them some time. But why not now? Why not? They have an MVP caliber player in Shea Gildas-Alexander, averaging just under 31.5 points a game. He's also diming. Diming this year. I feel like that World Cup run that he had has... Has definitely helped him out, you know, averaging just under six and a half assists a night. You add Chet Holmgren into this team this year as a rookie, but someone who's been in their team for for two years now, obviously sitting out last season, and he's he's been amazing. He really is rookie of the year favorite now over Victor Wembanyama, averaging just over seventeen and a half a night, just under eight rebounds. Jalen Williams as well, averaging eighteen points a night. He's he's so good. He's a younger version of Draymond, but guy that can actually score the ball. <laughs> and then, you know, Giddy averaging uh, just over 11.5 and six rebounds a night too, and he had 20 today in that victory against the Brooklyn Nets. I think this team is incredibly, incredibly talented, and we've mentioned them in the past. They're not, they're not afraid. They're not. They've gone into Golden State this year, a, a team who was always super, super tough to win at home, and and just it dismantled them. They also dismantled the Denver Nuggets in their building this week. There's no reason to believe that this team does not have a run in them whatsoever, and they are a very, very good price. They really are to take home that NBA title. I would not be surprised. I think at the very least, they are getting out of the first round for sure. And then they're probably going to run into someone of the likes of you know Denver or the Clippers or potentially Sack. If it's if it's Sack, that series will just be incredible. Two two of the best young teams going at it, and you can definitely make the argument that OKC would be going to the Western Conference Finals. 
because they're not going to be overawed by the situation of playing, you know, some of the likes of the Clippers when they'd be running into Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, a bit more of a veteran kind of playoff-savvy team. If they can draw a younger team, especially in the first or second round, then you'd be siding with this team for sure, just given how well all their young kids are actually playing. And, yeah, if they finished, you know, top two or three in the West and Shea is putting up the numbers that he is putting up, the MVP argument gets a whole lot louder. It really, it really does. But yeah, great week for them. Speaking of great weeks and great young teams to watch, led by an absolute superstar in Tyrese Halliburton, the Indiana Pacers had themselves a 3-0 week themselves, and boy, oh boy, didn't need that. They were slumping after a very, very good in-season tournament run. 123 to 117 victory at the Houston Rockets. Followed that up on the road as well in Chicago, 120 to 104. Finished off their week against the New York Knicks in a very, very entertaining battle, 140 to 126. That gets them to 17 and 14 in the East. They are currently seventh. And like we said, they they 100% they needed that for sure. They did. And we're, you know, you head into the 2024 calendar year, end that on a high kind of like a reboot to to get them going again because from what it looked like for the last week or two teams had started to figure them out a little bit just slow it slow it down because Indiana just want to get out and run but if you get this team into a half-court grind you're you're just going to beat them simple as that Um, but if Indiana can control the pace of play which it's it's awesome when they do you know Tyrus Halliburton <laughs> his assist numbers are just off the chart this year he's so so good to watch like I said arguably one of the best point guards in the league and when they're playing great basketball like they did over the last week they are one of the best teams to watch and you want to see this team in the playoffs because similar to OKC they're young they're not going to be afraid they've got nothing to lose there's no big expectations in Indiana so they're every chance of playing someone of the likes of Boston or Milwaukee or Philly in a first-round playoff series, and they may not win, but it's going to be entertaining to watch. You want a team like them in the playoffs for sure. But yeah, very good week to the Indiana Pacers. Last but not least, in our best of best, we've got to whack them in there, the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> They're in a one-game winning streak. They finally did it. <laughs> they lost the record, record-tying 28 straight games. Yikes. We mentioned in last week's show that 26 was the longest record in a single season held by the Philadelphia 76ers and then 28 games over the course of two seasons as well being the Philadelphia 76ers in the process building seasons. Uh, Detroit tied that at 28 and they did their best to lose this one. (laughs) Won 129 to 127 against the Toronto Raptors. To be honest with you, like, not even just this game alone finally ending the one of the I mean all-time losing streaks, but they realistically should have beat the Celtics the game before that in Boston. They were up 20 at halftime, and the game was tied at the end of the third, so it's a tough watch for them. Lost in overtime, so one of those things where they, they probably could have you know, lost by double digits, I guess, in regulation as soon as that game got tied going into the last quarter. So they've at least battled. I guess, over the last week, regardless of results. Obviously still losing games, but managing to to finally end this losing streak. You know, it gets them to 3-29 now. 
tough, tough viewing. They're on the road for the next four games as well. So at the very least, they've given their fans something to be happy about to end the new year. The Pistons winning the same day as the Detroit Lions got absolutely screwed by the officials in the NFL. So unfortunately, Detroit couldn't be happy for uh, for both their teams winning on the same night. So we're still waiting on that to happen. But yeah, just a just a great result for for a young team who hopefully can look forward now for the rest of the year this losing streaks over just always would have been in the back of their mind every single night they're coming to the building to play saying we need to end this we need to end this now it's at least ended they can get going again you'd think having the likes of you know Cade Cunningham leading the way Boyan Bogdanovich is playing some very good basketball and now they've got one of the best young bigs back from injury in Jalen Duran back in their lineup so yeah, I think more wins are going to be coming. We're definitely not going to see a, uh, a losing streak like that ever again, or at the very least not for a very long time. But, yeah, congrats to the Detroit Pistons. It's, it's finally over, guys. You can, <laughs> you can sleep again at night. <laughs> that is our best of the best for the week here on New Year's Day. Why don't we call up the trash man who's been very busy overnight with uh, New Year's Eve events going on. We'll see if he's got any more room in his garbage truck for this. A small little pile this week in the trash. Let's start with the Charlotte Hornets. Yikes. And Detroit just had themselves a 28-game losing streak, but Charlotte is they're pretty close to that. They had own three weeks. They've now lost 10 straight games. Uh, 104 to 113 at the Los Angeles Clippers. Back that up the following night against the Los Angeles Lakers. 112 to 133, then finished off against the Phoenix Suns, 119 to 133 in Phoenix as well. Their next three are also on the road, so six straight road games for a team who's battling to win basketball games, like I said, losing their last 10. Their next three being on the road against the Denver Nuggets, Sacramento, and the Chicago Bulls. So it's hard to see them ending this losing streak anytime soon. They really need to get LaMelo Ball back in that lineup for, for them to have any kind of confidence or... Yeah, success, just given how hard it is to watch this team. It's a, yeah, it's a battle. It really is. They're not good. They're really not good. So, yeah, losing 10 straight. I mean, they're 18 away from Detroit's, uh, Detroit's record. But, like I said, those next three are on the road too. So you could be looking at 13 straight losses. And, yeah, I guess noise is going to get pretty loud in the building if they keep losing ball games. I think Detroit would be pretty happy if that record gets broken this year for sure. <laughs> Everyone can stop talking about them. Outside of Charlotte, someone who probably didn't really expect to be in the trash this week. They were playing a little bit better. Clay Thompson got on a little bit of a roll, but now he's back to being pretty, pretty bad this year. The Golden State Warriors 0-3 week, losing on Christmas Day 114-120 to at Denver. Followed that up with no Jimmy Butler. This was really, really bad from Golden State at home. Lost 102 to 114. Miami playing some good basketball, but yeah, you've got to be winning a game at home with no Jimmy. Simple as that. Then they followed that up with a 122 to 132 defeat to the Dallas Mavericks. Again, no Kyrie, but Luka had 39 in that one. Clay Thompson went 1 of 11. Next matchup against the Orlando Magic, who are playing some good basketball in a five-game homestand. Now, for them, so you'd like to think Golden State are eventually going to win, at the very least, one of these to, to get back on track. But they're now 15-17 and 17 in a pretty loaded Western Conference. 
and have themselves in 11th position, some moves really need to be made. And it's been talked about from you know the last week or so, especially with RJ Barrett getting traded to the Toronto Raptors, that Andrew Wiggins' move potentially is also going to get made, whether or not Toronto make another move with Siakam, because that's always been talked about for a while, going to Golden State. But I think a move needs to be made for sure, because this lineup that they got right now is not winning an NBA title this year or next year. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of you know, loyalty involved with having the Splash Brothers you know, probably finish their career together and, and Draymond Green for something that they... Something that they had for, you know, you know, realistically changed the game of basketball, but at the end of the day, basketball, it's still a business in the NBA. It is. And you can be as loyal as you want. You're still going to get those jerseys up to the rafters, but a move needs to be made if this team is any chance of winning another ring in Steph Curry's, you know, towards the end of Steph Curry's career, because right now it's not happening. They're barely a playing team. So, yeah. That is the trash for this week. Not much room in the bin after a, a few New Year's Eve parties here. So we'll, we'll end it at that. Before we do move on to a question time and check in those DMs at Trash Talk with D-Bork, let's hit on some New Year's resolutions for a handful of teams to see what can be done to move, I guess, certain teams back into either playoff contention or championship contention. We'll, start, we'll stick with Golden State, to be honest with you. Let's keep talking about this Clay Thompson and Draymond Green saga. You know, Draymond's obviously been suspended for, for quite some time now. Uh, and there's been plenty of talk that they, they do want to keep Jonathan Kaminga on the books, which would mean that you're going to move on from someone from the likes of, you know, either Wiggins or Clay or Draymond. I think something's got to get done. It really does. And we can tie that into the Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant. They're also not looking like a team who, who's going to win a title this year. They're, you know, battling towards the back end of the of the playing tournament right now. So, is there a potential reunion of KD back to Golden State if you if you want to move on from the likes of of Wiggins and Clay? If you bring KD in to help out Steph, that probably it helps both teams. You'd think. You know, if, if you if you were Phoenix getting someone of the of the likes of Clay Thompson, you get Wiggins, maybe potentially adding in Kaminga. That would be a move that would that Phoenix would be pretty pretty happy with because it hasn't worked. It really hasn't. They blew up their team to get KD in when they moved on from Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, and you look at them now and how stacked that West Conference is. I don't know. I, I think like if something's going to have to get done. We've got a month and a half before the trade deadline. And yeah, I think something's going to go down for sure. They are two teams to watch. And for a New Year's resolution, I would be making a move and getting this done because Steph Curry's career is coming to an end soon enough and you do not want to be wasting it competing in a play-in tournament. You don't. Let's go East. Let's go to Chicago. There's been plenty of chat about Zach Levine getting moved on, and they are playing some good basketball without him. They really are, especially with how well Kobe White's playing and Alex Caruso. His name comes up a lot in trade conversations. I think the Lakers kind of want him back, but I think Levine's got to be the one to... He's got to be the one to get moved because his value is still super, super high. 
he can go to any of those bigger teams. You know, you'd move him even back to a Minnesota, probably not, given with Anthony Edwards leading the way there. But if you were to add someone like him in, as good as they've been playing right now, <laughs> they get a whole lot better with him. Whether or not that reunion is coming, I'm not too sure. Miami could also be an option with Levine. Amy Harkes, I don't think a lot of people thought he was going to be as good as he is, but his trade value is is quite enormous right now. Whether they'd move on from him as a rookie, given what they've got from him, I, I don't know. But Miami have enough pieces to, to make a move and a play at Levine, especially given where they are right now. They're in sixth or seventh spot. They're just missing... They're missing a guy outside of Jimmy who's just going to win them games, especially when Butler's been out of action with, with injury. If you add in someone who likes Levine into that lineup, it puts him right into that top four conversation out east for sure. So he's a name I'd be watching over the next month and a half. And Atlanta, their New Year's resolution is to move on from DeJounte Murray. It hasn't worked. It really, really hasn't. And you can get some value out of him. Again, move him on to someone like the Lakers. Same deal. They've got they've got enough guys there that you can move on to the Atlanta Hawks. Someone like a Rui Hachimura would be would be someone to keep an eye on in, in trade conversations for sure. Because similar to, I guess, Golden State and Phoenix, you're getting towards the end of LeBron James's career. And as good as he is playing right now with AD, they still need, they're missing that third piece. They really are. Because someone who likes you know, D'Angelo Russell isn't really going to be good enough. But if you replace him with the likes of, of Mr. Murray, then the Lakers get back into a conversation of a top four kind of finish out West too. So that's a move I'd be making if I'm the Hawks. Get your value out of him now before it just you know completely diminishes, really. So, yeah, that's the news resolution for four of those teams. We'll hit on another four teams next week while our news resolutions are still hot. Why don't we open up our DMs and get a couple of questions in. This one is coming from at DForb. Hi, Dave and fellow trash talkers, long-time listener, first-time caller. Okay, C, sitting pretty at 22-9, and nine. win at home, win away, big team destroyer. We've got an MVP candidate in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, pretty much rookie of the year is sorted as well with Chet Holmgren. They've got a million assets ready and willing to make anything happen in an instant, which is very, very true. And yet, if shopped well, can still find them at $34 to win the NBA championship. What have I missed? <laughs> I agree. I just Now I just mentioned it just before. They've had a very good week, you know, 4-0 week. They are second out west. Uh, and if you look at the standings, like we said, they you can 100% make an argument that they're, getting, they're definitely getting out of the first round for sure. They're, they're not afraid. They're not afraid of the big moment at all. Because right now, if the playoffs were to start today, they'd actually have to wait until the play-in is sorted. But you'd be looking at them potentially playing you know, the likes of New Orleans or Phoenix. And I'd be all over at OKC for sure. You, should, you would. Absolutely. I don't, I, I don't know. It's just a... I guess it's a respect thing in the market that... Boston are clearly kind of best team out east and you know Milwaukee so the Eastern Conference just has such an easier kind of run which would explain why their price is so short out there whereas in the west they've got to beat the likes of you know Minnesota, Clippers, Lakers, Phoenix, Denver. It's it's a very very tough run for them but if you're going to 
take a stab at someone, they give me that vibe that they had with the likes of Harden, Durant and Westbrook when they were going around when they were a lot younger and, and they gave the Lakers a run for their money with Kobe and Pau Gasol. So you're going to get a juicy price about them either way in the first or second round. And it's one of those things you could also, you could almost just kind of parlay your way through it and just take them every series. Because that's the way it's going to be. You're going to get a good price about them if they're playing, you know, a veteran-led team because of how young OKC is. People might think that, you know, they'll buckle when the going gets tough. But, yeah, if you're if you're wanting a good price about a young team, then, yeah, there you are. I don't know what I'm missing either when it comes to why their price is, is what it is. But I think it's a, it's a genuine respect thing out of the heavy hitters of the NBA thinking that they're too young to get it done. But... I think we've seen in years past that if you go on a run, they can do it. I think they can for sure. Jump on board, Mr. D4. <laughs> Appreciate your call, mate. <laughs> Let's go to Atkiz23. Speaking of trades, does this trade actually improve the Knicks from what they currently are and what they have been for the last two years? A mid-table East team capable of making the second round at best. So the Knicks just picked up OG Ananobi, moved on from Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett. I think RJ, RJ 100% needed that. He did. He just needed to get back home to Toronto, get away from New York. It, it, it was a lot. It was a lot going on for him. It really was. So it's, I think it's a great move for Toronto to to move on and get and get some you know additional pieces and whatnot. So they got two very good young pieces in Quickly and in RJ Barrett. For the Knicks, it's a I don't know it's a it's a weird one. They'll they'll play in some really good basketball. OG lockdown defender, he is great. But whether or not it improves into a team, like does that give him that push to win the title? I I don't think it does. They're currently eighth in the East at the moment. And you, you, you look at their team, you're like, are they going to beat Boston? Are they going to beat Milwaukee? Are they going to beat Philly? No, with that move. Especially, you know, OG probably guards, let's call it, guards Jason Tatum. He'd go close enough to guarding, I guess, Giannis at a size disadvantage, but he is extremely good defensively. But, you know, if they were to match up against Philly, that trade doesn't do anything for him because, you know, Embiid's just monstering everyone right now. You want to see the Knicks be good. You really do. And whether or not there's another move coming from this, I think that's going to be the one to watch for sure. Because they still need to make they need to make another move if they are going to even advance out of the first round at the moment. So they're playing some pretty inconsistent basketball of late. But yeah, basketball needs the Knicks to be good. So at the very least, at least they've made a move. And I think they've definitely more so benefited Toronto out of making the move with getting RJ Barrett in to their lineup. I think so, for sure. Anyway, appreciate those questions coming through. Why don't we try and find something for tomorrow, Mr. Jerry? Let's find a best bet. Yeah, I'll do my best here. All right, NBA Tuesday action. Are we going to be getting some hungover teams? I'm not really too sure. But speaking of the Knicks, they are at home to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Adding in OG, whether or not he actually is going to play in this game, it's still it's going to take some time. And the way Minnesota are actually playing right now, I think it's hard to 
hard to go against them. So we're going to be playing the Minnesota Timberwolves on the money line in the Garden. And then you've got the Indiana Pacers up against the Milwaukee Bucks. This game could break the scoreboard. <laughs> so we're going to go the over 259.5 in Milwaukee. You're getting plus 242 or $3.42 about that New Year's Day parlay. As always, with the NBA, we'll have some more plays on Thursday and Saturday next week. So keep an eye out on socials for that at Trash Talk with Dbor on Instagram and TikTok. I hope everyone's enjoyed this little episode on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve over in the States. I hope you're enjoying it. I really do. And I hope 2024 is an absolute fill-up for everyone and NBA lovers abroad. This has been Trash Talk with D-Bork. I am out of here. I'll catch you all Wednesday for our NFL pod.